From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Uh, yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike. This is Mike Davidson lives. Thank you very much for uh, joining me in this go around. As uh, I try to talk for the next half hour or so, uh, whispering a little more than usual. Uh, one, because uh, if, if you listened to the last podcast, you may have heard me allude to how tired I was and how my kids may have given me the crud. Well, I had a little bit of a cough, and then I lost a little bit of my voice, so it's been kind of a struggle the last couple of days for me, um, especially given my job where I have to shout above loud noises. Yeah, it's, it's been a little difficult, but uh, I, mean, I am on the med end, too. Um, it's super late, like uh, it's 1 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time here in Northeast Indiana, and uh, not too long ago, my son woke up from sleeping just as I was about to get, uh, come up here and record, and decided to throw one of the biggest temper tantrums known to man. Uh, me and my wife did everything, tried to find his you know, pacifier, tried to give him milk, hey, you want to change your clothes, buddy, hey, you want to diaper change, just kept throwing it, fit, 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 and then we were finally, hey, you want to go see Grandma? And it's amazing how quickly the dude calmed down. They ought to, they ought to print stuff about this in medical journals. It's uh, it's amazing. You mentioned grandma, and a kid just stops everything. So it's a little quieter here, um, which is good. Uh, and, of course, I might be dragging the next podcast, too, because uh, Daylight Saving Time uh, will come into full effect this weekend. Uh, Sunday morning, you'll spring ahead. And, of course, everybody will gripe about it because you'll feel tired as crap. You lose an hour. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it because that means that uh, the sun sets later in the day. And uh, there's a chance that I might see more sunlight driving home from work. I always get a little stoked about that. And, of course, everybody bitches about uh, messing with their clocks, even though my laptop, the phone I'm looking at right now, automatically set. I think there's like one, maybe, well, no. There's the microwave, there's the oven, and then there's the big wall clock in the living room. I think I can manage that Saturday night or Sunday. Uh, and I, I, I think that won't break my back. I think. We'll see. Uh, also, this weekend, the Oscars. No one's watching. Um, but a couple of interesting notes. Uh, I guess they, uh, in preparing for the award show in recent weeks, they had a crisis team assembled. Uh, to uh, react next time somebody jumps out of the audience to slap somebody for telling, you know, another G.I. Jane joke or something. They had to have a crisis team for this. Uh, laughably pathetic. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel, trying to show uh, what a badass he is, says that he will, quote, beat the shit out of anybody that tries to slap him. Oh, man. What I wouldn't give for Chuck Norris to be in the audience. Um, but uh, the Oscars, again... Sunday night, ABC, be sure to watch something else. Uh, did watch episode two, season three of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Still not a whole hell of a lot going on with this thing. Um, pretty subdued, pretty quiet. Um, I don't know, I'm just not really feeling it with this, uh, this season. I know two episodes in, and it might be, you know, just uh, Star Wars fatigue, of course, Marvel fatigue, Disney fatigue. I'll talk more about that here in just a few moments, but... Just not really feeling it, not as excited as I thought I would be. But of course, as I mentioned in podcasts past, uh, you know, a lot of stuff 
that we are seeing up on season three may have been the if, uh, the influence of Kathleen Kennedy messing with uh, the creative process of John Favreau. That uh, seems to be an ongoing problem. With Disney, uh, the executives telling the creatives uh, what they have to do, or you know, getting the wrong creatives in general involved in a project. Uh, again, talk more about that here in just a few moments. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I was going to do this earlier before the podcast, but then, you know, the boy um, erupted into one of the biggest ten- temper tantrums ever. I am finishing up a, a book about Dodge City, uh, which includes excerpts, uh, which includes, uh, you know, a moment where uh, both White Earp and Bat Masterson were in Tombstone. And they touch upon the OK Corral briefly. I mean, the bulk of the book centers around Dodge City, how both those lawmen were there prior to Tombstone in Dodge City, and then would eventually meet up again in Dodge City, take care of some business. Uh, but uh, some of the interesting things, because um, I was reading this, and on AMC, Tombstone was on. Classic movie from the early 90s with Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, and a host of other actors, Val Kilmer, Courses Doc Holliday, and uh, in the movie you have the three white, uh, the three Earth brothers Wyatt, Morgan, and Virgil. Uh, at the time, there was actually five in Dodge, or not Dodge City, but in Tombstone, according to the book. Uh, James in I think Warren, and if I'm uh, getting the names wrong, keep in mind I'm recording this after one o'clock in the morning. Um, and uh, you know, Bat Masterson was there for a time. Uh, he wasn't there for the OK Corral shootout, but. Uh, a lot of interesting tidbits, and you know the the movie is way different than what actually happened. In fact, a lot of people still don't know what exactly happened because there's a lot of first-hand accounts about the OK Corral shooting. I think the one thing that the movie does get right is the fact that the uh, OK Corral shooting is such a minor part in the history of the Earp brothers, and it only lasts seconds. Um, and I do love the movie Tombstone, but there are some... Uh, over the top moments and there's that one scene where um, uh, Morgan gets shot and killed played by Bill Paxton and after he dies Wyatt walks out the ring with blood on his hands he's in the rain you can see the rain and then you look behind him down the street and you can clearly see that it's not raining and that, that there are puddles with no raindrops in it it's like they really didn't frame that shot well <laughs> And it distracts me every time I see that scene. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk more about that book later on. And a quick follow-up on the Funko thing, and it kind of dovetails into another thing. Uh, we were talking about um, last podcast how uh, Funko Pop, you know, the the big, not bobblehead-esque. They don't actually bobble, but they have the big heads and they have the beady eyes. Uh, you know, you see them at uh, bookstores, comic book stores, uh, any store that is pop culture oriented um you know they had to uh, destroy 30 or dump throw away 30 million dollars worth of inventory because they were so backlogged and their stock went down and i kind of made the comment about how much you know i read that list of some of the weirder uh, funko pop figures they've made i did do some research they did you know that there's like 8366 different funko pops different characters or variations of characters and we're talking about something that spans comic book characters tv shows movies sports general stupid things 
I, I think they kind of shot their water. I mean, this is kind of uh, this decade's Beanie Baby. And like I said, I've got a, a, a Joey Ramone, a Joey Ramone Funko Pop. Um, I'm trying to look over on my stereo. It may have been moved by my kids. And it does look cool, but I mean, I guess you can make too much of a good thing to the point where it becomes stupid. Uh, speaking of uh, stupid and too much of uh, well, whatever this thing is, you know, it's one thing to do away with $30 million worth of inventory. That's a lot of money, right? Think about $500 million worth of inventory. Uh, you remember when Kanye West went on the uh, Alex Jones uh, InfoWars program and talked about how he liked Hitler. And uh, everybody was like, no. And uh, Adidas, uh, which does have some G Nazi Germany ties from way back in the day, even they were like, no, we gotta, we got to distance ourselves from you, ye. Um, they are now stuck with a buttload of inventory uh, to the tune of $500 million of Yeezy apparel. And they're going to have to burn it. Like, literally set this on fire and destroy it that way. I imagine a lot of eco-warriors are, like, gnashing their teeth at the thought of this. I, you know, what they could do is, you know, fly the stuff. I mean, this might be a little costlier. Just fly the stuff over here stateside, put it on one of our trains. It'll derail somewhere in Ohio and catch fire. That's probably the best way to do it because no one will ask questions. Uh, you certainly won't attract the um, uh, the eco-warriors like uh, Greta. And no one in D.C. will give a crap what happens. If you want to do it, do it that way. Have fun, guys. Yeah, it's $500 million worth of inventory. That's an expensive uh, business cut. But uh, Kanye, like I said in uh, podcasts long ago, he, he needs to, like, step aside and not be seen for a few years. Just re just revisiting that thought. Okay, um, quick thought about this whole January 6th um, video stuff. Um, I guess Kevin McCarthy, uh, the uh, Speaker of the House, gave a bunch of videos to uh, Tucker Carlson, and he's uh, aired some on his Fox News program. And it may have shown some parts of the riot that day not being so riotous. In fact, uh, some of the uh, the law officers may have been more accommodating towards some people in the building, and uh, not everybody was tearing up stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. There were people that acted badly that day, and if they did, they should go to jail. Um, but this does kind of shed some new light on the thing as, as, as to whether or not uh, this was just going to be an all-out riot or if there was some assistance in this, like if it was actually encouraged. And if that's the case, why aren't we asking those questions? Like, was this something that was going to be invited? Like, were they expecting trouble? And if trouble wasn't going to happen, were they going to instigate trouble? No one's going to ask that question because that would put everybody in a bad light. But uh, it was interesting to see, uh, you know, both Chuck Schumer and uh, Mitch McConnell um, uh, deride uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox News for doing that. And I guess he did this Monday night. They had their press conference uh, denouncing him Tuesday morning. And Tuesday night, his program beat CNN six times to one. Maybe the best thing for them to do was to keep their mouth shut and let this go away. Because, you know, the, the media has said boo about Twitter files. Nothing has happened. 
uh, and they've uh, also been very uh, quiet and discreet about some of the rollback on COVID restrictions. Maybe that would have been uh, the winning hand here. You know, it's like when uh, uh, Janet Jackson showed her boob at the Super Bowl many moons ago. And everybody was like, I can't believe she did that. That's scandalous. She shouldn't have done that. She shouldn't have done that. And I was going on the internet looking for the pictures because I missed it. I was watching the game, but I didn't watch the halftime show because it was a halftime show. When you talk about something, yeah, people are going to look at it. People are going to ask questions. Kind of crazy, right? Um, I, I don't know what's going to come of it, but uh, it certainly does put uh, some politicians in bad light if they're uh, hemming and hawing about this. Okay, uh, speaking of politicians, uh, you know, uh, again, I try not to be too political, but, you know, recent events, I've, uh, I've kind of uh, dipped my toe into some stuff here. Kind of surprised about this, kind of not because it's Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is red, and I'm not just talking like a little bit red. I'm talking like pretty damn red. And I guess there was an initiative on the ballot recently to make pot legal in the OK state, and it was soundly defeated. This was a ballot initiative to make marijuana, recreational marijuana, legal. And it's it's passed in, uh, you know, there, there are some red states that have made it legal. Um, but it was shot down 63 to 38% by the voting public. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, I guess the the pro pot advocates didn't come out for it, and there was a couple of polls that showed that uh, that this could have passed. There was a chance. Voters said differently, and you kind of have to respect that because that's what was on uh, the ballot. But the governor said something really stupid that made me grit my teeth. Um, you know, he says, "Well, you know, we can't have patchwork of uh, what we can show, determine what's legal here or there. You know, we have to make it more uniform." And Oklahoma will do what the feds said. Never mind the fact that this was shot down by the voting public in the state. You know, the governor's talking about the Fed. And it's like, dude, do not try to line yourself up with the federal government. Uh, um, you know, it's it's one thing to be against pot. It's an entirely different thing when you're like, yeah, I want to look to those people for uh, uh, guidance. thing is, is like, I've... I, I've I've only smoked pot twice in my life. I'm not a big fan of it. But, you know, what somebody does in their own home, Friday night, Saturday night, if they're not hurting anybody, fine. Um, I mean, I, you can abuse things to a point. And I'm not saying, like, pot overdoses or anything stupid. But uh, if you're too baked to drive, don't. If you're too baked to go to work, don't. Um, you know, moderation, just like with drinking, just moderation but the, uh, the good people in Oklahoma say no and uh, I, if, if I see anything else on it I, I mean I'm not really going to link it up link it up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page but if I see anything else that's interesting about that I might now I didn't link this up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page in the state of Maryland like I can't believe this is the thinking now this is some Mad Max shit right here this is Seriously, this is some scary-ass shit that I'm about to read to you. <laughs> because, as you know, it's the home of uh, Baltimore. And, uh, you know, there is uh, crime in Baltimore. And there's guys going to prison because they murder people. And when you murder somebody, that's never good. 
felony murder is not a good charge, but, uh, you know, if you're a getaway driver, I'm looking at reading this example in Maryland, and you hit and cade- uh, kill a pedestrian while fleeing a scene of a crime, you are guilty of felony murder under current law in Maryland. But uh, there's a Democrat out there that's looking to uh, change everything with the Youth Accountability and Safety Act in the state, saying that anybody that's under the age of 25 cannot be charged with felony murder. Yeah, yeah, you heard that right. So if they kill somebody and they're 24 or they're 18, that's what they want to do. They want to change that up. And uh, the rationale is thinking, well, you know, people at the age of 25 don't have their brains formally formed. That's what they're saying, the advocates of this bill. They, you know, you can graduate high school seven years prior to you being 25. Uh, you can buy alcohol. If you're 25, you can buy cigarettes, you can vote, you can drive, you can join the military, you can be married with kids by the time you're 25. You're telling me you don't have enough brain power in your head to not kill somebody. If that got passed in the state of Maryland, could you imagine the exodus that state would have? And I'm not just talking about in uh, the, the cities, I'm talking about just getting away from that insanity there's no accountability it's I, I and it's picked up uh, a couple of other places in the news media man it's crazy so that's what they're contending with I say you know you know everybody's talking about building a wall around Mexico if this passes build it around Maryland you know let you know let all the sane people leave first um, the you know the people that don't want to be murdered but, uh, yeah, it's time to leave the cities alone. And if the states are going to go along with it, get out of those states. Uh, one guy that's a little crazy, um, I didn't write down his name, uh, but a year or two back he won the Powerball jackpot. That's like $2 billion. And he got to keep a little under half of that. Thank you, Powerball and taxes. Like, he got, yeah, he only got $996 million, but he decided to... Uh, plop down and buy a house in the Hollywood Hills for $25 million. And so he's going to be living it up with uh, all the other Hollywood types. Hey, look at me. I'm a, a lottery winner. Um, if I if I won that much money, I would not live in the state of California, and I wouldn't live around anybody rich, and I wouldn't draw attention to myself. There has to be a... Uh, there, there has to be, like, if uh, Netflix wants to get away from talking about true crime drama and... Uh, and Megan and Harry, uh, there's got to be a documentary about uh, the where are they now of failed lottery winners. People who thought that they were going to have all of their dreams and aspirations taken care of with ginormous amounts of money that came at them quick. And then the blow, the alcohol, uh, and how they went broke. I mean, if, if you're, you're saying to yourself, well, how the hell would he go through $996 million? Well, I don't know. I'm not him. But five years from now, it would be very uh, interesting to see how much of that money he has left. That's a lot of money. It's uh, also a lot of uh, opportunity to get into some effing danger, right? Uh, that, but that's that's what I want to see. I want to see you know lottery winners gone wrong. Do want to see that. All right. Um, I talked a little bit about... Uh, both Raul Dahl and um, and um, Ian Fleming's works being censored. 
Uh, you know, they have the sensitivity readers, uh, some of these estates going through there, changing up the books because, you know, it has to reflect modern sensibilities. And what this is code for is uh, we're spending our trust funds way too fast and we need to appeal to new readers who wouldn't be bothered with their books anyway, right? Because nobody reads anymore. Um, Politico, uh, they are a political website. And on occasion, I have linked to stories from their pages. I'm rethinking that now because these guys are on censorship kick. Apparently, they have a handbook of words that are censored or cannot be used in certain um, instances. And um, I, I, I got this from Not the Bee, right? And just to give you a reason why uh, some of the words that they uh, are banning, because they have to be gender neutral, mankind, man-made, and a manhunt. Because, you know, women are mad or something. Uh, crack the whip, there's a, a tie to slivery, a slavery. I can't talk right now. Uh, if you're talking about a restaurant, you can't say waiter or waitress. It has to be server. Do not use the terms biological gender, biological sex, biological woman, biological female, biological man, or biological male. Those are way, way out because um, genetics no longer exists. Illegal immigrant or uh, illegal alien. Now, here's one I didn't know that was a racist one, and this is one of those words that you know, it's cakewalk, originated with slavery and thus per uh, perpetuates racist motifs. When I hear cakewalk, I think of like church bake sales. You know, I think the connotations kind of change. I don't think anybody's ever thought about it because, damn it, I mean, that's so long ago. Uh, in reference to legal immigration, can't say onslaught, tidal wave, flood, inundation, inundation, sorry, surge, invasion, army, march, sneak, and stealth. Don't use those words. Well, how the hell do you describe it? And the trick is you don't. Chain migration. Um, anchor, maybe. <laughs> peanut gallery. The cheapest seats often occupied by peanut, uh, uh, off occupied by black people and people with low incomes. The peanut gallery. Now, I don't think anybody really has used peanut gallery since 1927, so I'm wondering what the hell articles uh, Politico was writing beforehand. <laughs> Uh, third world country because it's too derogatory. Okay. Oh, and it doesn't stop there. Uh, when it goes into uh, uh, talking about transgendered people, you cannot say identifies as a certain gender or describe their uh, current situation uh, at the borders of crisis um, because it might uh, portray things as um, negative, I guess. Also, uh, with the abortion, uh, the abortion uh, debate, Pro-choice, frowned upon. Uh, the person that's in favor is an abortion rights supporter. And pro-life is frowned upon. You're anti-abortion. So they're taking life right out of the, uh, the terms right there. Uh, black is capitalized. White is uh, lowercase letters. So it's basically the uh, uh, liberal guilt uh, uh, grammar uh, list right there for Politico just to make themselves feel better when they write a I can't imagine self-editing yourself trying to write a story uh, to the point where like you're wondering if every other word will uh, get you in trouble with the public I would be more concerned about the content of the story but then again I'm one of those old school right wing nut jobs 
I, I, I don't even begin to understand this. Also, I don't understand why people are so uh, fascinated with Bruce Willis's declining health. Uh, his wife, Emma, is speaking out against paparazzi taking photos of her husband as he's out and about walking. Of course, he's retired from acting. He's uh, suffering from uh, quite a few mental conditions, including, unfortunately, dementia, which means it, he's not knowing who he is anymore, and in due time, he'll no longer be with us. But he's been out and about in public recently, and people are taking pictures of him, and she's upset because the family wants their space. And I can't blame her. Uh, paparazzi are scum. They shouldn't be bothering somebody who's dealing with health issues. They should be bothering Megan and Harry because they want their privacy, damn it. Look at them. Um, but the sad part is they wouldn't be doing this if there weren't people clicking on the TMZ sites and the other articles that have pictures of Bruce Willis, if they could get Bruce Willis in a more uh, compromised state, you know, not just walking out in public, but maybe in the throes of his condition, they would post that too, and people would click on that too. Uh, my word of advice to anybody that's uh, obsessed with Bruce Willis and what he's doing right now, don't be. If you love Bruce Willis, just go watch Die Hard or, or The Sixth Sense or whatever. Leave the man alone. He's entertained you enough. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And then, um, also, I, I said I would get to this, and I'm getting into it late in the podcast here because there's just been so much talk about uh, Star Wars and Disney are struggling. And I've, I've mentioned how I'm kind of met on uh, Mandalorian so far, two episodes in. Um, but uh, some big shakeups at Disney. They're not making as much content. I know they've uh, pushed back a lot of Marvel projects down the road, and they're doing that with the uh, Disney projects. Uh, Kevin Feige, who once was the Wizard of Marvel, uh, he helped launch, make MCU what it was up through uh, Endgame, and of course things have fallen off since everything post-Thanos. Uh, he was going to do some Star Wars movies. That's no longer happening. Kaput. Patty Jenkins, who was the director of Wonder Woman, she was going to do it. No longer happening. She was also the director of Wonder Woman 1984, which was universally panned. Um, the guy that did uh, Love and Thunder and uh, Ragnarok, uh, that director, I'm sorry, my, my brain is given up right now. He still wants to do Star Wars movies. Chances are those aren't happening. Ryan Johnson movies, probably not happening. He was the guy who did The uh, Last Jedi, a very polarizing movie, and they're saying, well, he's busy with his... You know, gay detective movies on Netflix and on Peacock. He's got his own TV show, and I'm just thinking, you know, if there was a chance in hell for him to do the Star Wars movies, he would drop those projects because Star Wars is a more recognized name. The, the, the truth of the matter is Disney has really dropped the ball on all things Dis, uh, Star Wars. They've burned fans. They've made people upset. They haven't learned a damn thing until recently, maybe... And I've got my shoulders kind of shrugging right now because they are canceling these projects. Uh, there's just no interest. They're losing money. They they sunk so much money into the, the streamer, Disney+. Plus. Um, they're losing money, so making content for it makes no sense. And, of course, you know, revamping everything for a modern audience and, you know, being woke has rubbed people the wrong way. Um, you know, this is a cautionary tale. If you don't make things that people don't want to see... Guess what? 
they're not going to go see them. Such is the trend. And, you know, it could be just Star Wars fatigue in general. I mean, how much storytelling can you tell from this universe without people just feeling overwhelmed, underwhelmed, and wanting to move on? The problem with Disney is they want to play it safe, and they want to play it safe with newer audiences without taking a chance and telling riskier stories for everyone. And by risky, I'm not talking about political stories. I'm just talking about creating new characters. That in itself is revolutionary. Uh, but uh, we'll see what they learn. Um, and, of course, they're having that issue over at Warner Brothers Discovery. They're, you know, with the, the DCEU. And their brand of superheroes, and that's you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Lantern. They've they've dropped the ball on. Of course, James Gunn is helping to revamp that. Mark Guggenheim is upset that he is not involved with the um, the revamp of the DCEU. He's the guy behind the Arrowverse TV shows on the CW, uh, the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, all that. You know, he he made a little uh, TV universe that uh, was. You know, kind of a nice uh, hat tip to DC, but if you, uh, I was looking at a picture of the um, of the cast standing together in their costumes. Yeah, it's it's very low rent. You, you don't want to go low rent. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I mean, not it's not his fault though that uh, there was no clear direction as to what uh, Warner Brothers wanted to do. But uh, there is now, and it's uh, everything that we've done before is garbage. Makes you wonder if anybody's going to go see the Shazam movie now because of that. Because uh, there's no future after that franchise. All right, with that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese guys. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.